You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter. And WWE TLC was actually great. Let's go right to the main event. It featured the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Sane, taking on the Raw Women's Champion, Char- sorry, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Now, Becky's title wasn't on the line, but certainly an opportunity for her to once again be Becky Two Belts with a very unlikely ally of Charlotte. I'm very happy this was the main event, and this was a terrific match. Some of the spots here, uh, utilizing a rope with a ladder is something I've never seen in a TLC match. And was this a bit long? Yes, but it pretty much was great throughout, so I have to give it to these four women. A terrific match, and great to see the Women's Tag Team Championship uh, main event of pay-per-view. That's just awesome, and this was a very cool way to wrap up the show, and let's work our way back from the main event. Second to that was actually Rusev versus Bobby Lashley, of course, accompanied by Lana. Earlier in the night in the pre-show, we had Lana and Bobby sort of arguing with the pre-show panel, which was pretty interesting. We also had Rusev backstage saying he would be relieved if Bobby Lashley married his wife because then he wouldn't have to pay Matt, uh, I don't know what the term is, he wouldn't have to pay her as part of their divorce, which is a pretty funny line and probably factually true. Lashley uh, did get the win here in this table match with the help of Lana at sort of the last moment. Pretty good back and forth. I sort of thought that Rusev would go over here because the crowd is digging him so much but I will give credit to the post, uh, the pre-show panel. They sort of pointed out whoever came out of this feud could be in a title position. Now, I don't think that Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar strikes me as a great promo, but Rusev and Brock Lesnar and the stuff Paul Heyman could do with this uh, could be fantastic. But I must say, Lashley does really look like a top-end star, and certainly having Lana with him is always going to get him more heat. So, you know, as I've had my ups and downs with this uh, rivalry, but it, it definitely worked out. We got a bit of the Street Profits uh, backstage. They were offering advice to, Lash- to Lashley about uh, Lana, which is pretty funny. Something else happened, but I want to get that into a second because it ties into our next match that sort of sleeked on throughout the night. So... And actually, it's a, it's a match before this, so let's get let's get this out of the way too. The TLC started with the Firefly Funhouse and Bray Wyatt very nicely setting up the show, and that was very well done. We got the Miz backstage, sort of explaining his mindset going into this match, which was very well done. And the match was fascinating. The Miz obviously pretty standard, but Bray Wyatt comes out to the Firefly Funhouse theme comes dressed sort of as that Pee Wee Herman type children's performer and he really didn't have any offense until I guess the Miz pissed him off uh, about three quarters of the way into the match and then he sort of snapped he took out the Miz and he won and this was a non-title match so I don't know if it really mattered that much but this was a very very interesting dynamic to see the, the difference between The Fiend and Bray Wyatt and this was extended after the match as we saw The Fiend on the screen and I guess that was Bray's cue to go get the mallet which was under the ring to finish the Miz off but then when the lights went out Wyatt thought the Fiend was coming which was sort of interesting because he is essentially the Fiend so you'd think he would know but it turned out to be a hooded individual and it was Daniel Bryan 
who made the save and eventually revealed he had sort of been shaved down to original Daniel Bryan, if you will. And as Daniel Bryan got the mallet and was prepared to finish Wyatt off, the lights went out, Wyatt disappeared, but Bryan still worked his way up the ramp with the yes chance leading them at the end. And we have Daniel Bryan back. We have a face Daniel Bryan, like a retro Daniel, Daniel Bryan. And this was very cool, very interesting, and, you know, maybe a little predictable, but a good ride, nevertheless. Now, the match that kind of wouldn't go away, King Corbin uh, was backstage saying he wasn't afraid of a TLC match with Roman Reigns. Odd, we didn't hear from Roman, but whatever. We got a TLC match with King Corbin taking on Roman. The big surprise here was Ziggler came to make the save. As of the revival, and the New Day decided not to show up, so Corbin got the win, and this continued throughout the match, as I sort of mentioned. After the Bobby Lashley-Lana thing, as the Street Profits were talking, this fight leaked back leaked into their segment backstage, and before the Profits got involved, it was clear that Chad Gable and the New Day had joined King Corbin in this fight. And at the end of the show, after the women's title match, this continued, and there was a spot where Roman sort of speared Corbin into the crowd. So, okay direction to take this. I'm actually fairly interested. And obviously, Reigns has got very over in this feud. And Corbin's really become a very legit heel, I must say. The Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders, had a open challenge. And Viking Raiders being in Minnesota, this, this went over very well. The OC came out with their trophy, but not AJ Styles. We found out later AJ's going to face Randy on Raw, so neither of them were here tonight, I guess. And they said Minneapolis was lame, that the challenge was lame, and the only team to ever beat the Viking Raiders was the OC. This ended in a countout and a bit of an attack after... So obviously this is sort of the big program for the Raw Tag Team Division, so we're going to stretch this out. I really don't like countouts, and I was actually worried during the wide match we might get a second countout because there was a spot there that was very close to it. But this is one of the few that I'm okay with because I do want to see more of these two teams, and it's a, you know, a fair resolution because you know the, the, the OC got the win in the Tag Team Turmoil match, which was you know not totally fair, and now we have a countout so we can have a rubber match, if you will. It's not exactly a rubber match, but you know what I'm saying. Earlier in the night, it was Buddy Murphy taking on Alistair Black. Before, Alistair was in his room, and he sort of said this could either be a big rivalry, or this would be a big rivalry that would entail many matches, unless he took off some of his limbs, referring to Buddy Murphy. The irony was, it was Alistair Black who had a broken nose, and Buddy Murphy, who, while he was recovering on the outside, grabbed his jacket threw it out at Black and missed, and I guess it hit Jerry the King Lawler on his face, which uh, got a pretty big pop from the crowd. Great crowd, by the way, in Minneapolis. Shout out to you if any of you are listening. And of course, Aleister Black got the win, but Buddy Murphy looked good. The narrative that these were two undefeated guys on Raw really, really worked well. Uh, and yeah, I was very happy with this, and I think there's still some room for Buddy Murphy to do a lot on the Raw roster. And I would love to see an Aleister Black Rey Mysterio program i'm just for the u.s title that would be something speaking of titles the opener on the pay-per-view at least was the revival taking on the new day and there was just some outstanding original spots two highly creative teams in the pre-show the revival was ripping booker t yelling at him to give them his championship rings because they earned them and saying they'd want to take on harlem heat right now which was just ridiculous but fascinating the new day of course got the win but excellent excellent stuff here and finally, in the pre-show, and I saved the worst for last, Humberto once again bested the once-undefeated Andrade. 
And once again, it was sort of due to an issue with Selena Vega on the apron where Andrade almost ran into her. Obviously, he ran into her on Raw. And Andrade blamed her after. I didn't really dig the whole King, you know, the commentary where it was said a couple of times that this could be a Rusev and Lana situation. It's not. These two are not in a relationship. They're business partners. But, 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 but if this leads to Andrade aligning himself with Charlotte Flair, which is possible because now she's out of the tag team picture, and Selena Vega aligning herself with Aleister Black, I'd be all for it. Now, obviously, that's going to require a potential switch from Vega, but, you know, Aleister Black's gimmick isn't exactly the most, you know, sunshine and rainbows thing out there. And in nine minutes, that was TLC, and I have to say, for a show that WWE really didn't announce until about a week and a half before this progressed a lot of storylines. It had a lot of big spots. And if you have the network, if you're thinking about watching this or at least checking out the highlights on WWE's YouTube page, I highly recommend it. This was good stuff. It's not the Royal Rumble. It's not WrestleMania. But for a December pay-per-view, it's pretty, pretty good. I'm Bilal Vakani. You can follow me at BilalV87 on Twitter. I'll be back on Wednesday to take a look at a W. We've got a big show on the 18th of December, which is also Wednesday. Peace. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 